You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Yeah, or they're going to have to sign Andy Fantuz because he is one of the best <laughs> field goal holders I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but with, with hands like his, how could you not be? You know what they say about big hands, too. Yeah, real big gloves. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, and we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATP. I'm Travis Cura, joined by Brazilian Ty, and it is survey season at the Alberta Podcast Network. Make sure you hit albertapodcastnetwork.com slash survey. You have until June 17th to fill out this listener survey. We just want to see how the network is serving you, how we can make it better. And if you fill out that survey, you'll be entered into a draw to win one of three cash prizes of 100 bucks. You can't go wrong with that. I Before we go any further into the show, I, I do want to start on, I guess, a bit of a serious note. June 6th is the 75th anniversary of D-Day. 14,000 Canadians stormed the beaches of Normandy, and it was the battle that eventually led to the liberation of Europe in World War II. There were Americans, there were Brits, the Allies were all a part of that. But 14,000 Canadians, a lot of lives were lost, but they they did that sacrifice to keep uh, keep everybody safe. And I, I worked on a on a piece that you'll be able to read on toandout.ca if this interests you at all. I began to wonder about the multitudes of names on the Grey Cup. And with the Grey Cup first being presented in 1909, that was a bit of a crazy time for the world. Uh, world War One had not happened. World War Two had not happened. And in those times, a lot of the well-able-bodied men went to war. That's just what happened. So the Grey Cup, since 1909, has not been presented four times. And that was because of World War One. And then in World War Two. There weren't civilian teams. There were actually military teams competing for the Grey Cup. The, the history about this thing is incredible. I know the keeper of the Grey Cup, Jeff McQuinney, he's such a nice guy, but he says the Grey Cup belongs to the people of Canada. And when, and when I do pieces like this, it never rings more true. I do want to highlight right now the story of Jeff Nicklin. A legendary Winnipeg Blue Bomber actually survived Normandy and the Battle of the Bulge. And he actually was one of the first Canadians uh, to parachute on D-Day. And he did it with a broken shoulder. <laughs> Which What? It actually happened because he was playing football over in Europe, and I really didn't know this was a thing until I did all of this research. In 1944, actually just a few months before D-Day, there was something called the T-Bowl. The Canadians and the Americans were kind of sitting around waiting for orders. They were doing drills over and over. And to raise morale, 
They actually got an eight-inch sterling silver teapot and had a football game. The first half was American rules. The second half was Canadian rules. At halftime, it was tied 0-0, and the Canadians ended up winning 16-6. to And the history of Canadians and Canadian football and the Grey Cup and the military, to me, it's all incredible. I'll have uh, the link so you can read more about Jeff Nicklin on 2andout.ca, but it's a day where we remember. It's uh, a solemn day. I I know Remembrance Day is in November, but I I think it's important to to take a moment and reflect a little bit, but it's, it's just amazing to think about how the CFL, the Grey Cup, the military, the Canadians, it's all, it all leads back into one spot. And I'm a pretty proud Canadian today. I, I don't think I could have said it any better. Uh, you, you hit every point and, and like you said, super proud to be Canadian and especially on a day, <clears throat> excuse me, like, like today where, you know, Canadians played such a huge role uh, on, on D-Day with, with storming the beaches and and the American and the whole Allied forces as well, but yeah. you know, I mean, we focusing on the Canadian part and like you said, how it all ties into the CFL and the Grey Cup and everything. It's just it's just amazing, like the amount, the stories that must, oh yeah, uh, come come with the Grey Cup, right? Uh, it, it's and this just adds to to the to the legacy of it, and it, it's just so cool. In the huddle with Karan Ty on the Two and Out podcast. The CFL and ESPN ended up announcing their broadcast information for the game. And we talk about the Allied Forces. Well, Canadian or Americans uh, south of the border are going to be able to watch every single CFL game, whether it's on ESPN2 or ESPN+. And I, it's always about a week before the season that they announce this stuff. And I know our American friends get a little bit nervous, but they come through right at the last minute mm-hmm. and they'll be watching CFL on ESPN again. And the only downfall is that, you know, Stephen A. Smith is still employed. So other than that, <laughs> this is going to this is a, this is a great deal for the CFL. Uh, you know, you get more eyes on the league, obviously more. Uh, broadcast income, which will affect the salary cap, as it, I, I believe the deal is that the, the salary cap is supposed to increase the next each year over the next couple of years by five hundred thousand. I think it is fifty or fifty thousand. So I mean, this just adds to that, and you know, it'll be, it's a it's another bargaining chip, so to speak. Once in, in every CBA, that the broadcast rights are a huge issue uh, as for you know revenue with the league and with the teams and who gets what. So. Uh, you know, the more money into the pot, the better. It feels like we've been talking about this for about six months, but the Winnipeg Blue Bombers will be hosting an NFL preseason game August 22nd at IG Field. It'll be the Oakland Raiders and the Green Bay Packers. So the Raiders, they actually weren't even sure where they were going to be playing this entire season until about March. It's going to be their last season in Oakland before going to Vegas. And I honestly hope that the Raider fans, this is a whole nother podcast, I hope that they don't show up this season, and I would love if they played to an empty stadium. What else is there to do in Oakland other than go to San Francisco? <laughs> they're going to show up. I know they're going to show up. They're passionate, <laughs> the black hole and everything. 
But just to give it to Mark Davis, I hope that they bleed money this year before going to Vegas. But that is just <laughs> an we, we, we can do a bonus subject. episode of that because I yeah <laughs> yeah we should. Uh, but this third preseason game. There was one date in between Oakland Athletics games. And I don't know if they do that. They they do the I don't know if they can do the turnover in 24 hours, but they they play over the diamond when the football season's on anyway and they will uh this September, but it was going to go to Regina. Uh it was going to be 2 days before a Rough Rider game, but they said that's too short. The Bombers have to be in Edmonton. It is going to Winnipeg. So does this mean that they lose their franchise? (laughs) Uh, Bob Irving, uh, the voice of the Bombers and CJOB, did make a uh, tweet back in March saying, any CFL team that offers the host an NFL preseason game should have their franchise revoked. And I might just not be kidding. And I might not just be kidding. Well, eventually he did say he was kidding. (laughs) Oh, how convenient. (laughs) But it is going to Winnipeg. I think now the biggest story of this whole thing is the ticket prices. Uh, If you want prime seats in the lower bowl on the 50-yard line, it's going to cost you over $400 after fees. The upper deck corners cost you $75. And I took a look at the ticket map on the pre-sale today for season ticket holders. And I don't know if those tickets are already sold out or if they just didn't make them available in the preseason. But, man, if you want to go to that game, it's going to cost you some cash. What a ripoff. Oh. The only saving grace is that it's week three. So the starters are going to play at least a quarter. Do you think they're going to change that, though? Like, are are the Packers going to say, okay, we'll play the starters in week two or four of the preseason because... I, I don't know. That that is another that is an aspect that you could look at and they they could change how they run that would that would change how you run training camp though at the same time. Yeah. I don't know and athletes are creatures of habit. Um so let let's let's say that this is going to be a normal preseason week where it's week three. Starters are gonna start, they're gonna play at least a quarter, maybe a couple series in the second quarter, or maybe even the first half. That's the only saving grace that you're gonna get to watch starters. But $400, I'm not sitting there watching third-string guys try to battle it out for a right tackle job. It, yeah, it's not a it's not a bad travel day for the Packers. It's, it's brutal for the Raiders, <laughs> uh, who have apparently the worst travel in the National Football League this entire yep. year. Uh, Aaron Rodgers gave a shout-out to the CFL, a sh- another shout-out to Mike Riley. They were former teammates. So, I mean, it is going to give exposure to the Canadian Mm -hmm. Football League and the facilities in Winnipeg, which I don't think anybody can argue are top-notch, at least top two or three in the CFL. Except the guest services during Grey Cup week, but that's for another (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Oh, man. I wonder if somebody's going to buy tickets and have them not exist. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then you got to wait 40 minutes to get your actual seat and then you miss the flyover and the anthem because oh, that's never happened before oh man that was that was insane <laughs> I, i'm gonna ask you a question right now that has nothing to do with this nfl game what the hell Perfect. is going on in montreal uh 
exactly what we expected to happen? Man, this this whole thing to me is is craziness, and I, I don't know no. if part of it is the media guys trying to uh, beat the other media guys into into breaking a story, but. It's clear the franchise isn't well run. I, I don't know how a team no. loses $12 million in a single year. Um, so speaking of the $12 million, Justin Dunk was on Primetime Sports. of uh, Justin Dunk of Three Down Nation uh, was on Primetime Sports yesterday. And there is a rumor that it's upwards of $25 million. Well, I heard $25 million over three years, but $25 million in one year? It might it might be twenty five over three, but he said he ha- like he he hasn't done a lot of investigating into that aspect of it. But twelve million uh, seems right on right on par with what he has found. It's absolutely crazy. And then on mm-hmm. Wednesday on Twitter, there was there was a little bit of drama. Vince Vincenzo Guzzo <laughs> is can, can we get him a new pair of glasses? <laughs> Hey, when you have that much cash, you can do whatever the hell you want, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> he ends up accusing Randy Ambrosi of backroom maneuvering. And he says, and I quote, I learned a long time ago that forcing someone to appreciate you and marry you never ends well. He said he's decided that he is no longer interested to be a part of a biased process. Bodes bodes well for your marriage, hey? <laughs> Don't let her find out. <laughs> Hopefully she doesn't listen. Um, from what I gather, it's almost like Ambrosi mm-hmm. is trying to build a dream team of investors so they can keep the Alouettes going as long as they can until they're back into the green. Uh, and there was a report early Wednesday that now Eric Lapointe's group is investing group is out, but Eric Lapointe himself is still in the mm-hmm. running for this thing. So that's why I kind of think maybe the league is trying to build a dream team of investors to you know keep them going and have them yep. funded well into the future. But man. The CFL has tried their best. Uh, this happened with the CBA negotiations as well. To keep it out of the public. And man, I, at this point, I'm kind of mm-hmm. wishing it stayed out of the public because the more that comes out, the bigger mess it seems to be. Well, I I, I agree with... If, if that's what we think Randy Ambrosi is doing, trying to create the dream team of investors, I'm 100% behind it because... The other eight owners in this league don't want to be propping up a franchise and, and paying no. bills for two teams. Yeah. Because they are running Montreal right now. We saw the same, and you know, speaking of Gutzel, we saw the same thing with Jim Balsilli in the NHL. And, and to the same point with Eric Lapointe and his group, you know, if you're super boisterous and you're, you're talking to the media about this and, and you're bringing it up uh, outside of the, the boardroom, so to speak. Your deal's not going to work. You're yeah. not going to get the team. We, we've seen it in almost every league. You know these these negotiations are quiet. Uh, you know it might leak out that there is a group interested, but that group doesn't talk to the media. Uh, you know, and, and and the deal gets done the way it's supposed to get done. It, and you know we haven't had that yet. Um, you know Montreal's already failed once in the CFL. 
we, and you know the only thing I can think of is well, what what if you just instead of an expansion team, what if you just move it to Halifax? Like, <laughs> I, I wouldn't right? rule that out at this point. I, I don't think I, I'm not ruling. I wouldn't rule it out either. And, and they brought that up yesterday on Primetime Sports as well when Justin Dunk was on there. And I was like, you know, that's actually not a bad idea. The only thing I don't like is that Cavis Reed is still at the helm, and he is terrible. So I mean, I, I think that. If they do find an ownership group and, you know, Randy Ambrosi is able to get that dream team of investors, they need to clean house and get the right football people in there to rebuild this thing because it is a dumpster fire. And, and we you know, it looks good on paper. The team looks pretty good on paper right now uh, with the improvements they've made. But it, that front office is just an absolute disaster. Staying with the Alouettes, they played the Argos uh, for a preseason game last week. Ended up getting crushed 45-20, to 20, but the game wasn't on TV. It was for the school kids, which, I mean, the Argos deserve a massive thumbs up for that. And putting up 45 points, do you think those kids are going to want to go check out some more Argo games this year? Uh, I would hope so. I mean, you put up 45 points in any league, even if it is the preseason, that's still a heck of a lot of points to put up. And, oh yeah, and, and excite and exciting. Oh yeah, we've been talking about Argo running backs for the past few weeks <laughs> that they tried to sign absolutely every single one, and I don't know how we missed this. <laughs> I, no, 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 no! I don't know how you missed Why it. Me? Let well, let's take a look at the prep sheet because it never says edited by Tyrell. It always says edited by Travis. <laughs> Okay, so the new segment <laughs> on Two and Out is going to be write in and tell us the mistakes we make. I, oh, I we don't some, have time for that. <laughs> some people do that already, but David ended up writing us in uh, with the mailbag portion of our website, twoandout.ca, and told us McCluster has been released a few weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, so David, we're, hey. we're right on top of this. <laughs> David, thanks for letting us know. Speaking <laughs> of another Argos running back that was released, this just happened late Wednesday night. Anthony Coombs has been released, mm -hmm. and the the tale of Anthony Coombs is just if this guy could stay healthy, mm -hmm. 100%. he would be a great, great football player. And and that can be said for any player or any athlete, really, in any any sport. It, yeah. Health is health is such a huge factor. Uh, you see, guys, right, right now, Stanley Cup Finals, guys are playing through injuries. You know, Zidane Chara breaks his jaw; he's probably out. Um, you know, it, it's it, it it's a huge part of your career. And, and then you look at a guy like Kevin Glenn, who has been in the league for I don't know what are we at year forty six. Uh, you know. <laughs> He's, he's able. To, he's been able to stay healthy for the most part. Oh yeah, um, you know, and, and have that longevity. And, and you know, is if if you can't stay healthy, teams are eventually going to give up on you. And I, I don't mean to. I, I know it's a crappy way to say it, but it's the truth. Now he's only played twelve games in the last two years, and in twenty seventeen he was on his way to a career year. In ten games he had four hundred and fifty seven yards receiving. So he was he was the nice little safety blanket for Ricky Ray that year for a little bit before 
getting hurt. He is a Winnipeg kid. Surprise, surprise. We're going to talk a lot about Winnipeg kids in this podcast. He's still only 26 years old. That's like 90% of the league. Yeah, that's what it seems like. He's still only 26 years old, so I'm not going to be surprised if he ends up with somebody else sometime this season. No, and he's proven that he can play when healthy, uh, and he's... Very, a very serviceable. I guess he would technically be a wide receiver now, is what he's listed on on the, the CFL fantasy website. Uh, but he can play slot. He can play out of the backfield. He he can fill a lot of roles on the offensive side of the ball and catch and run and make plays. And uh, his passport uh, does a lot for getting him on the field as well. The Argos had six quarterbacks come into this game, and they actually pretty much all lit it up. Franklin looked good. Uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson did. Brandon Bridge threw two touchdowns, including a 79-yarder to uh, Rodney Smith. He was with the team last year. He had 257 yards. I I think maybe he's going to see a bigger role Mm -hmm. this year. Uh, Michael O'Connor ended up going four for five and had a touchdown pass there. So they seem to really believe and they might be carrying two Canadian quarterbacks I'm going to be really interested to see what they do there there's going to be some tough decisions to be made Noah Picton the U of R product was released he only had one pass attempt in the game man I'm rooting for the kid I would love to see him get on with another team but uh, it's it's just not looking that good right now no, uh, you know, you get, you get one opportunity or one, one passing opportunity and, you know, it doesn't really feel like you get a fair shake. Uh, it, it sucks. But at the same time, you know, you're bat- you got to be, you got to beat three other, four other guys to get yeah. that job, right? Uh, you come into camp, that, that's, a, that was, that's a big ask uh, for a kid, uh, you know, and you got guys ahead of them like McLeod Bethel-Thompson and Brandon Bridge, who have been in the league for, well, I guess Macbeth was first year last year, but, I mean, Brandon Bridge has been around the block, uh, you know, James Franklin. So, I mean, like, that's that's a big ask for him to come in and, and crack this roster. The Bombers end up beating the Eskimos 20-3. to uh, The Eskimos had some rough news. Canadian receiver Anthony Parker goes down for the year with a ruptured mm-hmm. Achilles. That made it two Achilles injuries in two days with uh, R.J. Shelton of the Red Blacks getting hurt the very next day. Uh, the Esks ended up making some releases, including third-string quarterback, well, he ended up being the third-string quarterback, Danny O'Brien, who's been with the team for a few years. He was in Moss's system in Ottawa as well. It seems like Logan Kilgore appears to have won that second-string job, but Danny O'Brien did such a great job of holding on field goals for Sean White as well, so Kilgore is going to have to pick that up in a hurry. Yeah, or they're going to have to sign Andy Fantuz because he is one of the best <laughs> field goal holders I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but with with hands like his, how could you not be? You know what they say about big hands, too. Yeah, real big gloves. <laughs> <laughs> this is the game where it was all Manitoba all the time. And it honestly kind of made me wonder, those territorial draft picks in the CFL, are they really necessary? Because it seems like Winnipeg has already gone that way. 
and it's just a testament to minor football in that city, to the Bisons in that city, for the way they develop players. But the Bombers had 10 Winnipeggers on their roster Friday night. How can you not like that? Because I'm from Saskatchewan. Oh, but. okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it, that is awesome to see, like, you know, a lot of kids get, or a lot of guys getting to suit up for, I get, quote unquote, hometown team. Uh, you know, it, it's really awesome to see. And like you said, the Bisons and the, and the junior football uh, in, in Winnipeg has just uh, done such a good job developing these guys, and, and they've turned into. Uh, like you got guys like Andrew Harris and Nick Dembski, uh, you know, it, when you can have guys come into your system that are, you know, not just, I, I don't want to just say just an old lineman, but like where the, the skill positions and they're making huge impacts and the differences that they are, that is massive. And, and, you know, and success breeds success. So, you know, the kids see guys like Andrew Harris and Nick Dembski, like I said, well, now you know, it just kind of keeps rolling and that, that pipeline keeps coming. It's just like now we're seeing the after effects of Vince Carter the last couple of years mm-hmm. uh, with all the Canadian kids entering NCAA and, and, you know, being first round draft picks and making the NBA team. It, it's all, it's all, it all, it's got the ball has to start rolling somewhere. And, and, you know, it, it this is, I, it's a pipeline that just keeps feeding the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Edmonton had Winnipeggers on the team as well. Alex mm-hmm. Taylor started at running back. He had 26 yards. And Shy Ross, another Winnipegger, was a bison as well. He had the play of the game for the Eskimos. Had a 75-yard kick return. And Danny O'Brien made a beautiful throw uh, in the end zone. But it wasn't to be. Otherwise, Shy Ross, would have, that would have been his moment uh, for the Eskimos in Winnipeg. But, man, these Bisons players, they must have just been comfortable playing at IG Field because mm-hmm. Dylan Schrott has just got a great story for the Bombers. He wasn't drafted, uh, but the Bombers <laughs> ended up releasing one of their draft picks, bringing him to camp. He scored himself a 48-yard touchdown catch, and I don't think, I don't think you will see a better preseason touchdown celebration than he had <laughs> that was awesome i, I yeah it is i i don't and it's preseason so i mean it can only get better right <laughs> he was a canada west all-star last year and scored six touchdowns in eight games jeff gray brady Oliveira. Man, these are Winnipeggers you're going to have to get used to. Uh, I guess I think we've given them enough love. Uh, enough love. I mean, the, the fact that this is uh, a Winnipeg podcast now. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Just Chakai. <laughs> that, is that your resignation? <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if this is where this is going, I want I want nothing to do with the Jets as well. So, I mean... It, it's totally up to you. You want to find a new co-host? We can do this. <laughs> Is Anthony Coombs going to end up in Winnipeg? I don't know if there's room for him, but it's fun to think about. Well, I think that they are going to probably ask about Anthony Coombs. Uh, yeah, it just seems yeah. just seems like you know a logical landing spot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if for this no ever- other reason that he's from Winnipeg. Yeah, I don't know if they'll have room for him or if he'll just be on the PR. But you know, he 
I, I have a feeling he might be wearing purple and gold at some point. This episode of Two and Out is brought to you by Park Power. And man, the good people that run Park Power, Chris Kosowski is the man behind Park Power. He's uh, He wears the bow tie around Edmonton, supporting local causes and boosting uh, local business. Check him out on Instagram. The guy's just got a million-dollar smile. He's a great guy. But this is how good he is with supporting local causes. Park Power shares 10% of its profits with local charities. You know, charities like the Boys and Girls Club of Strathcona County. Uh... Uh, the Altview Foundation for Gender Variant and Sexual Minorities. It's incredible what they do. They save you a pile of money. If you go to their website, parkpower.ca, there's a calculator on there. You can plug in what you're paying for your energy now. It'll show you what you save. It's it, You're going to save a pile of cash, so it's kind of a no-brainer. And then, <laughs> you know, with 10% of its profits going to charities as well, you're keeping that money in Alberta, and I know people like to know the end game for their money these mm-hmm. days. And when you're supporting a, a local company, you're supporting so many jobs in the province of Alberta. So make the switch today at parkpower.ca. Let's talk about an Alberta team where the Calgary Stampeders, defending Grey Cup champions, look like defending Grey Cup champions, destroying the Saskatchewan Rough Riders 37-1. to And I know there's been a lot of talk about, okay, Rider fans, Zach Kalaros didn't look good in the green and white game. Not to worry. Uh, don't worry about this preseason game. It was only the backups playing. But when's the last time you saw a starting quarterback like Mike Riley or Bo Levi Mitchell just lay an egg in a scrimmage at practice. The quarterbacks uh, probably never. <laughs> quarterbacks of that caliber don't do it. And no. I hate to sound the alarm, but I know it's not a surprise really. The Stamps crushed Saskatchewan in last year's preseason uh as well. And the concern in Saskatchewan last year was also depth. It's still a concern this year. The Riders got remarkably lucky in 2018. When it came to injuries, they Mm -hmm. were actually pretty healthy throughout the year. I mean, look at all the injuries that Calgary had last year. If Saskatchewan had half that much, (laughs) uh, there's no home playoff game, and there probably is no playoffs in What, they haven't even been able to field a team? (laughs) That's a very good question. So the depth is still a concern in Saskatchewan. Uh, Bo Levi Mitchell just comes in, and it it honestly looked like he didn't need any reps. I I think the first play of the game, it was a 39-yard connection with Reggie Bagleton. And I think, and I wrote it on 2andout.ca, mark him down for 1,000 yards if he stays healthy. Uh, And especially with the gunslinger uh, behind center, uh, you know, every week in, week out, and I, I wrote about it yesterday as well, week in, week out, Bo Levi Mitchell, just, it looks like he just picks a receiver and he's going to be the guy who gets six catches, 100 yards, and two touchdowns. And then the next week, it's somebody else. Uh, you know, we, we saw in Ottawa for the last couple of years, three 1,000-yard receivers. Uh, you know, Calgary could have two or three, uh, depending on, on injury and, and all that stuff. Everybody stays healthy. They got some guys that could put up some huge numbers, even with uh, the bodies that they lost to free agency this offseason. Yeah, I don't think we've seen the best of Bo Levi Mitchell in his career yet, and I know that that's is crazy. Scary. To see. 
that is scary. If all of his guys didn't he have no one thousand yard receivers in twenty eighteen, to think yeah, about that, it, it's really. I know he spreads the ball around a lot, but it's really hard to wrap my head around how that is possible. Mm-hmm. Juwan Breskison is going to have a better year, and I feel like mm-hmm. nobody's talking about Eric Rogers. He's coming into this year healthy. His knee is feeling better mm-hmm. than it has in years. Last year, they were managing his knee. They were managing his workload in practice. It seems like he's a full go this year, <laughs> and we know how Bull likes to hook up with Rogers. It's touchdown city, man. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not even fair, really. When he's on the field, like he, everything that gets thrown his way, he he seems to to make a play on it and move the ball down the field and score points. Uh, you know, and yeah, Mark and Michelle is gone and Kamar Jordan's gone, but you look at the likes of just the three and Bagleton, Breskison, and Eric Rogers. It's not exactly a hot take to say Calgary is probably going to win fourteen games at least and probably win the West again. Is it? No, I uh, I wouldn't right? be shocked. Is anybody going to be surprised if that happens again? Because I, I don't think anybody will be. No, I wouldn't be. Well, Kamara's still there. Um, Davaris is in Edmonton. Or Davaris, sorry. I was, yeah. Uh, but man, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think I don't know if Kamara's going to be ready to go to begin the year yeah. after his injury last year. But oh, it, it, it's not going to be surprising to me if they finish first. Again, uh, there are some holes on the defense where where the team needs to uh, figure out who's going to be their guy. Uh, J- Jagera mm-hmm. Davis is in Hamilton this year. They had a tough injury to a defensive end. I've been trying to delay saying his name. Falarin Oromolade, that's what I am going with. He ended up tearing a a muscle in his quads, so he is uh, maybe done for the year. He's only 23 years old, but he was favored to take over for Jagera Davis. So the D-line is going to be interesting in Calgary. We know that for sure. But... But I think if the offense can stay healthy, they're going to be firing on all cylinders. They ended up making some releases as well before their finale against BC this week. I, I do want to highlight Atlee Simon, who was the University of Regina's all-time leader in rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, and actually touchdowns, period. So he was a monster in U sports Hopefully he's able to get on with another team in the CFL. And Ty, you were saying before we uh, recorded, there was a settlement in the murder of uh, the case of the murder of Mylon Hicks. Uh, yeah, the uh, well, I guess I can't even say alleged. The person that was convicted of the murder of Mylon Hicks, uh, Nelson Tony Lugella, uh, charged second degree murder. Uh, he will have to serve 18 years before he's eligible for parole. Uh, and I know uh, it doesn't bring Mylan back to his family or anything like that. Uh, but to actually have uh, this case closed and, you know, have some justice gives a little bit of closure uh, to the family. And, and you know, I, I, I don't think that he should be eligible for parole at all, considering the circumstances and how it all went down. But, 
I guess I am not a judge, as we have discussed in earlier podcasts, uh, but it is nice to see uh, some justice actually uh, handed out and this this case figured out and settled. On to uh, the Hamilton and Ottawa game, which is probably the most entertaining game of the week. The Ticats end up beating the Red Blacks 25-21, and I think mm-hmm. what surprised me most here was Jeremiah Mazzoli didn't play, and it looked like the Tiger Cats actually have some quarterback depth behind Mazzoli. The offense didn't look like it missed that much without him there. No. D- Dane Evans has been there for mm-hmm. a little while, and it- it's his third year with Hamilton. But I think last year when Manziel got traded, everybody was kind of like, okay, your Mac- your backup's going to be Dane Evans. Now, keep in mm-hmm. mind at this time, we didn't know what Manziel was going to do in the CFL. Maybe his... I, th- I think we kind of knew. But do you think... <laughs> Do you think he would have performed better under June Jones than he did with Montreal and Mike Sherman? Oh, a thousand percent. It it could be a different conversation. I I think they made the. Yes. I know that they made the right decision in sticking with Jeremiah Mazzoli. That is a guy mm-hmm. that's dedicated his past almost decade to getting to this point with the Tiger Cats. So I, I think they made the the right choice there 100%. But nobody knew what Dane Evans was. And mm-hmm. I think he showed that, you know what, they've got, a, they've got a good quarterback there. He went 11 of 14 in the first half for 96 yards. And then the third stringer, Hayden Moore, 15 of 22 for 176 yards, two touchdowns, and he had an interception in the second half. He went to Cincinnati where Zach Kalaros went. So, I mean, Kalaros now. Uh, Do the Bearcat. (laughs) God, I love me some David Wilcox. (laughs) Who doesn't? Uh, Hayden Moore actually just in December won the military bowl with Cincinnati over Virginia Tech in quite the exciting game. You can see the highlights at 2andout.ca. But for a CFL debut, and I know it was the preseason, that he looked pretty damn good. They might have a nice quarterback on mm-hmm. their hands here. Which, you know... It's never a bad thing to have quarterbacks. I know they say if you got two number ones, you don't have a number one. But uh, I'm not. I'm not saying he's a number one. Uh, but having having the flexibility of that position uh, in case of injury or anything like that is always always a positive on any roster. And uh, the fir- I think it was his touchdown pass, 34 yards to Marcus Tucker. It was an absolute laser. And you texted oh. me right away. <laughs> You're like, that's the first play I saw in this game. <laughs> I, wa- I walked into the hotel. So we've been working till six thirty, seven o'clock every night. Walked in, turned it on. I'm like, oh, Kate, TSN. I forgot about, I, for- I forgot the game was on. Turn it on. I literally see him. I-, I see the ball in the air, and that's all. I And that was the first thing I saw. And then the catch. I'm like, no way. He just made that catch. I'm like, well, I have to text Travis because I'm assuming he's watching. <laughs> yeah, I love that I have a wife that I can watch preseason CFL with. <laughs> that, that's true love right there. I am living the dream, my friend. Uh, I do want to mention about Ottawa. Dom Davis was announced the starter for the team 
Earlier mm-hmm. this week, you know, he only had seven pass attempts in this game, completed five of them for 118 yards. But is it, I, I want to say it's a little bit surprising, but I'm not completely shocked that he has been named the starter. But I'm a John Jennings fan. Uh, his first year with BC, and when he first came into the league, I'm like, this guy is a future MOP. <clears throat> And I'm a, I'm a he, 2016 Jonathan Jennings fan. He, he very well could be still a future MOP, but I thought the change of scenery would maybe light a fire and have something click with him again. But Dom Davis, for now, is going to be the starter. How long do you think he hangs on to that job? Where are you going to put the over-under? Ooh, if I was a betting man... Uh, four and a half weeks. Four, four and, and a half, half games. Four and a half games. So halftime of the fourth game. And the, if that happens, it's a push. Okay. Whoo. We, we, we need to start keeping track of these bets. Uh, that no, we, we don't. That's fine. <laughs> I'm going to take the over. Okay. Well, now are we saying... Are I think injury makes start? it doesn't count. Are, no, injury definitely does not count. Are we saying that he's going to start more than four and a half games? or Because I'm, I'm saying four and a half weeks in, he loses the, the starting job, but he can yeah. always get it back. Yeah. If he gets okay. it back like after Labor Day, that doesn't count. Okay. Then, yeah, I'll stick with four and a half. Okay. I'm going to take the over. And once again, I have to root against the Ottawa Red Blacks because that's always been good to me. <laughs> and you know what? I saw a tweet that there are a certain contingent of Red Blacks fans that are happy he's the starter and happy that Harris is gone. And that's not surprising because last year, people wanted Harris out of there, but he ended up leading them to the Grey Cup. I know it was a loss, but man. Yeah, that must that must have really sucked for those guys, eh? <laughs> Oh, man. Former Rough Rider Caleb Hawley had 120 yards receiving in this one. 23-year-old Devontae Deadman had a 100-yard kick return for a TD here. But another part that has honestly impressed me through the entire league was the performance of a couple global players. And there has been some great stories. Uh, Max Zimmerman of Saskatchewan, I'm really rooting for for him there. Uh, but Jose Maltos was in this game. He looked like an experienced CFLer. I don't know if you saw this play, but it was a botched snap. So he ended up kicking the ball on the run with his left oh, foot. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. That's a classic CFL play, man. He looked like he'd been playing in this league for 20 years. That, that's Louis Pisaglia territory. It is. <laughs> that's just ridiculous. Uh, I know he's in tough. He's got Lewis Ward and everything there and Richie Leone for kickoffs. But uh, I really like that. He had a 38-yard field goal as well. But uh, the 12-yard catch from receiver Guillermo Villalobos was one of the highlights of the night with his catch he made there. So I'm really liking what the global players are bringing to the CFL. And from everything I've heard from the players themselves, it's really nice to see they've said they've just been welcomed with open arms. 
and that that is a hundred percent what we expected. I don't I don't think yeah uh, we thought these guys would come in and you know be put off in the corner and nobody would be talking to them. Uh, like you see with rookies when they come in and you know they yeah. they start showboating and stuff like in, in especially in baseball. Uh, you know how guys get shunned like that. These guys come in and they're just welcome with open arms, like you said. And you know it just shows football is a family. Uh, you know it, the team aspect is bigger than than the individual, and and you need to have that to be successful. And these guys know that, and you know just welcome welcome them into their family, and you know, hopefully they can help the team. And the more they help the team, uh, I think the happier everybody will be. The Ticats ended up releasing Shamad Chambers this week as well. He was a sixth overall draft pick in 2012. With the Edmonton Eskimos, he was the most outstanding uh, Canadian in the 2015 uh, Grey Cup. But he went down last year in training camp uh, (laughs) after an ACL injury and missed the entire year. And the Ticats have some interesting projects at Canadian receiver now, so... They let Shamad go. Uh, Mike Jones became a deep threat last year. Uh, They drafted Mm -hmm. Marcus Davis in the fourth round last year as well. And David Ungerer III from the University of Idaho was drafted this year in the second round. Caught everyone by surprise, but he plays slot back and he's learning from one of the best in Luke Tasker. So looks like the Tigats are probably looking to the future here with this move. Uh, yeah, probably a little bit. Uh, be a little cheaper, uh, obviously as well, which gives them a little bit of flexibility. Uh, and like you said, learning from Luke Tasker, I don't, I don't think you could uh, pick a better guy to uh, learn the trade from the CFL right now. We've got four more games uh, left in the preseason before. Oh yeah, the CFL regular season arrives a week. From today, June 13th, uh, we have the Ticats and the Argos. The Ticats are going to be streaming this game on Ticats.ca. And the Ticats really taking things into the 2019 with this here. They've got their app. Uh, you sign up uh, to be an all-access member. You can watch the game on a mobile device or for free. So you go sign up there, all-access.ticats.ca. I believe if you tuned in, you're automatically entered to win a signed Ticats jersey. You get some different rewards if you uh, sign up on their app and read articles and things like that. But uh, I really like how teams are utilizing their mobile apps this season. We saw in Edmonton for the first preseason game, I'm really interested to see how they do it for the rest of the season, but... The whole, I don't know, uh, Ty, you know, in our section, it's a big deal when they do the Boston Pizza Shuffle. No, it's a big deal in our row, in our (laughs) four seats. Like, let's be honest here. Your wife tells us to shut up. And if somebody walks in front of her, she loses it. And every time she gets blocked. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best. But now... You you kind of vote from your seat on the app as to which pizza box it is, uh, and I also oh, it's really, like polling the audience on who wants to be a millionaire. Yeah, and they had uh, other moments like that throughout the game as well. I mean, everybody's got a phone in their hand. A lot of them are on it the entire game. Why not utilize that at the stadium and make it more Mm -hmm. uh, interactive? But there are three games this week on Thursday. By the time you hear this, they're probably over. Ottawa and Montreal, uh, the Bombers and the Riders. Um, 
the Bombers aren't really playing any starters. I guess Matt Nichols is, is going to get some time. The Riders, they're going to have to play some starters here. I'm starting to wonder what the heck is actually going on with Solomon Elamimian here. Uh, that is a great question. Uh, obviously something big if he needs an MRI. Yeah, I, th- I believe it's a calf issue. Oh, that I, bodes well. Yeah, I I don't even know if he's no. seen more than two days at uh, at practice for the Riders this year. But this was kind of the worry for um, uh, fans when they made the signing. Uh, but they do have Sam Hurl. He did start there last year. Oh, so. Stop the presses, Sam Hurl. <laughs> it's going to be a little bit of an extended preseason, which it is for every team. If Elliman's not or Solomon's not ready to go until you know mm-hmm. game five or six, then they'll just make a ratio flip and bring him in at that time. Uh, I got to ask you though, how are you feeling about KD Cannon this year? There's a lot of talk with his performance at camp and i guess he wrapped up camp with uh, with a bang this year he might make a nice little cheap option to start the season mm-hmm. you know me i like my discounts and we saw flashes of it last season uh, of him you know being able to to be part of the offense uh you know after naming roosevelt there's not a lot of receiving options on this team uh they do have manny arsenal but is he going to be ready for the start of the year? Uh, is he going to be the Emmanuel Arsenal we know and love for the first nine games, or he does, you know, basically nothing and turns <laughs> it on in the second half? So, uh, Katie Cannon, if he can build off what he what he kind of did last year, he could become a very viable uh, option for. I'm going to say David Watford because I'm sure Zach Caleros will be injured in week two. <laughs> Or Cody Fajardo, yep. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, Calgary and BC also play this week. The Lions trimmed their roster by 13 uh, ahead of this game. They also uh, released, I guess it's notable, running back Sean Wick. So it looks like Jamel Lyles maybe had uh, won, a te- won a job with the team, whether it's on the practice roster or playing specials to start. He's from Surrey, uh, but surprise, surprise, Guess where he went to school, Ty? Uh, University of Manitoba. Yes, sir. <laughs> getting, getting really tired of that answer. <laughs> We're a bit bummed out to see Lloyd Minster's Kyler Cherry get released. Mm-hmm. But uh, this past Sunday had the Canada Football Chat.com uh, prospect game on TSN, which was actually a really fun broadcast. Uh, Lloyd Minster's Matthew Morin from the Lloyd Minster Comprehensive High School Barons scored two touchdowns for Team Burris. Uh, Team Mm -hmm. Burris ended up beating uh, Team Dunnigan there. It was all Burris in the second half. He got the Gatorade shower at the end of the game. Overall, what a really cool broadcast. They basically had the coaches mic'd up all game. They were able to cut in and talk to them live throughout with Farhan and Dwayne Ford. Man, those players too, some of them almost look pro-ready. I was really impressed by the whole broadcast and the the high school players themselves. Yeah, speaking of looking pro-ready, why is every 16-year-old like 6'2"? 
230. Oh, it, it made like, me feel like crap. <laughs> for those, we, we had maybe one or two of those when we went to high school. And, you yeah. know, they played every sport, basically. Uh, but now it just seems every kid is massive. <laughs> well, the weight's no problem. It's... <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, uh, like, when I coached hockey, it, 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 I'm like, oh, I'm coaching midget. So, I mean, these kids will be, you know, 15, 16, 17, you know, I, whatever. No, I looked up to 90% of them, and then they put on skates. <laughs> I, I got to oh. stand, stand on the bench to look them in the eye. <laughs> Oh, it's something they put in the water, man. I didn't get any of it. <laughs> no, but you know, you know what the best part about Morin scoring those two touchdowns is? What's that? Is that there was no kids from Holy Rosary <laughs> on either team? <laughs> oh, I don't know how many listeners we have from the border city, but that they're either going to love or hate that one. <laughs> eh, well. They just started playing real football, so I mean, it's to yeah, be expected. Yeah, what were they, nine men for the longest time? Yeah. Yeah. There were some guys on that team that played six-man football. Mm-hmm. That is wild to me. You thought there was a lot of running in the Canadian Football League? <laughs> Cut we, the we amount of players si- in half. When we play flag, it's six-on-six, six and it is brutal. <sighs> Rollerblades, maybe, but... <laughs> on grass yeah that'll that'll go well <laughs> uh saturday night the teams have to have their rosters down by uh i think it's 10 a.m eastern or noon eastern saturday we'll just go with that uh, yeah, travis cura and brazilian tie a part of the alberta podcast network powered by atb encouraging you to check out eat more barbecue Ryan Sanderson mm-hmm. is the host of the Eat More Barbecue podcast. We actually met him. I think I met him for the very first time at the Spirit of Edmonton this past Grey yep. Cup. And Not only him, but the guy that won TSN Fantasy Football as well was with him. The champ. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a belt, though, so. Yeah, does it really count? No. <laughs> but these guys, they hit up every barbecue joint in the in the province and they know their barbecue front to back so check it out and all the other great uh, shows in the alberta podcast network at albertapodcastnetwork.com they actually had brody lawson on in the fall as well talking barbecue and uh, talking cfl so check out that great podcast Ty, we're going to be back on monday we're going twice a week starting next week with your season predictions and you've already got sort of a fantasy preview up on 2andout.ca. How did it feel to string some sentences together, buddy? Uh, that took like an hour, hour and a half. Uh, I basically got home or got to the hotel, sh- didn't even shower and sat down. Because like, I, I decided I was going to do it on the way home. And by the time I was done, I looked at the clock. I'm like, oh, I need to shower. So I showered and then I'm like, oh, I better microwave my supper, which was two burgers from the gas station next door. <laughs> and then I crawled into bed. So it was exhausting. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm and I'm sure somebody's going to read that and be like, what is this guy on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love uh, somebody asked, how do you get all the numbers? And your reply is, if I told you, Travis would have to kill you. <laughs> yeah, you're the muscle man. <laughs> I'm, 
I'm just the good looks. Oh, hey, hey, hey. (laughs) (laughs) Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Buckle up. The CFL season's coming. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.